0: beautiful souls welcome to soulful session with rory the podcast where we dive deep into the matters of the heart mind and spirit i'm your host rory and i'm thrilled to embark on this soulful journey with each and every one of you soulful sessions is your safe space for introspection inspiration and maybe even a little revelation whether you're sipping your morning coffee winding down after a long day or just seeking a moment of connection you're in the right place Before we dive into today's soulful exploration, I want to remind you that Soulful Sessions with Roaring is designed for entertainment purposes only. While we may touch on profound topics and meaningful discussions, it's important to approach your conversation with an open heart and a sense of curiosity. Life is a journey, and so is this podcast. We'll navigate the realms of self-discovery, spirituality, and personal growth. But remember, the insights we share here are not a substitute for professional advice or guidance always consult with the appropriate professionals regarding your unique circumstances. So whether you're a seasoned seeker or just dipping your toes into the waters of self-exploration, get ready for a blend of wisdom, laughter, and a touch of magic in each episode of Soulful Sessions with Rory. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a Soulful episode. Follow me on social media, IG at Listening Veteran, Facebook at The Listening Veteran Life Coach, And snapchat at soulful sessions to stay connected share your thoughts and be a part of this credible incredible community now let the journey begin sit back relax and let's fill our souls together today's soulful episode is dealing with the embarrassment of shame shame is such a powerful word you know um i don't think we really think about how it influences us every single day the word shame so I'm going to tell you the definition of shame. It's it's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. A person, action, or situation make someone feel ashamed. So, in other words, you can make somebody feel shame or something you do can make you feel shame. And I think that from the time that we're children, this, this is apparent. And we'll, we'll go into that. So for instance, the shame I want to discuss though, is shame of being a human being. Now you might say, well, what does it mean to be a human being? Why would I be ashamed? So you ever got cheated on? You ever got a divorce? You ever found out that you weren't getting a promotion? You ever found out that you're not getting the job that you applied for? You ever find out you were getting fired? Did you lose a friend in a group of friends? Did you not graduate from school? Did you not be accepted by people? All of these things, you know, we're quick to identify them as points of hurt. Like, oh man, that really hurt my feelings. Or, you know, things that made you angry. Because I do want to point out that when we feel shame, it can manifest as anger. It can manifest as hurt. But the the, the biggest question is, why? Why are we ashamed? why do we care about what other people think? So, you know, this is where you really got to look at yourself and you got to say, okay, would I be ashamed if I came out the bathroom and I had a piece of toilet paper on my foot, you know, and my mother said, ooh, you got toilet paper on your foot. Would it have the same feeling as if my best friend said it? Would it have the same feeling as if a principal said it or a teacher said it or or your supervisor at work said it? If your answer is each person would make you feel different, then that's a telltale sign that the validation is is part of the problem. But I wanted to cover each little area like the shame of being cheated on. You know, I have plenty of friends who say to me, you know, Rory, I was in a relationship and this person cheated on me. And I felt stupid. And I'm thinking, why would you feel stupid? Because somebody else did something to you. You know, and of course people say, well, you know, I I shouldn't have trusted that person. Or I saw that they were untrustworthy. Or I knew that something was wrong. In my opinion, you should never feel shame for being human. It is a very human act to love and trust someone. Because that's what we do in relationships. Any relationship, whether it's a work relationship, where it's a familial relationship, or whether it's a, a romantic relationship, we're allowing ourselves to trust and love someone. And so when that doesn't go the way that we think it should go, that does not mean that we did something stupid. What that means is that we simply allowed ourselves to be human. But Rory, they 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 cheated on me. They stole from me. They took something that didn't belong to me. They lied on me. You know, and of course, I've talked about the word respect before, which I also think is an illusion because respect means that you're looking for validation from someone because they're telling you whether or not you're worthy, whether or not you're a good person. So when people do things to you, the shame that you feel is because you're more worried about how they feel about you than you feel about yourself. So how do I identify the reason I feel ashamed? That goes back to self-discovery. Go back to your earliest moment in life where you were embarrassed. You know, I could tell you one of mine, and and I think if my my, uh, brother heard this one now, It was just it would just make him smile because he still tries to crack jokes about it. So I can remember I was probably in third grade, fourth grade, something like that. And, you know, chairs used to have the two poles and then a, a back on it. And I was playing in the library, putting my head, poking my head through that hole in the seat and pulling it back out. Well, apparently, as I was doing it, my ears swole up and I didn't know it. So when my ears began to swell, I didn't notice a difference. I thought it was fun. And, you know, all my friends was laughing. And then on the last try to pull my head out, it got stuck. And when I say it got stuck, it was too painful for me to pull it out. Because each time I was going in, I was aggravating and irritating my earlobes and my ears. and, And they were swollen and very painful. So I'm in pain. And the teacher thought I was joking when I said I can't take my head out of the chair. And I just remember that people were laughing so hard and they thought it was funny. They were laughing at my pain and my anguish. And here I am, I'm I'm having a crisis because now I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed because I look like a fool. I look like a fool. How dare they? Because if my head wasn't in this chair, I would fight each and every last one of them. So I wouldn't feel the embarrassment of shame. They had to call the fire department to cut this thing, cut this chair off of my head. And I'm thinking, OK, so this happened. I'm done. It's it's over. My shame is is done. Well, the next day when I went back to school, there were jokes along with those jokes. I fought. I fought people for trying to joke about me. And, and I, I began talking about people who tried to talk about me. Because you're not going to embarrass me. You're not going to make me feel shame. And I found myself fighting. Because in that moment, I believed that I did look stupid. I believed that I was embarrassed. I began to feel the way they said I looked. But it wasn't them. It was me. I made that decision. I was the one that decided how I was going to feel. And so I allowed the shame to become my reality. As years went by, some people remembered, some people didn't, but there was one particular person who every time he saw me, he would bring up the chair incident. Now, of course, over time, I thought it was stupid and I didn't understand what his purpose was for bringing it up, but I no longer was ashamed. In fact, I thought it was kind of funny because I was a kid. But then I started looking at the people or the person And asking myself, what validation does he need? Because if he wants me to feel shame from his words, that'll never happen. You know, um, and so it's a, a testament to us feeling shame based off other people's opinion. And when someone tries to shame you, they're really just trying to divert attention from themselves. They're trying to create a situation where you are not proud of who you are. They want you to look to them for validation. But here's the other thing. What about getting a divorce or ending a relationship? You ever got cheated on and felt like, how could this happen to me? I'm stupid. I let this person do this over and over again. There is no shame in love. There's no shame in caring about somebody, loving someone unconditionally. A lot of people can't get past five months, but you made it past 12 years, five years, three years, three months. And eventually that person did something that didn't feel good. That's nothing to be ashamed about. (laughs) But here's the thing. You don't have to tell everybody what happened in your relationship. It's okay to be private. You don't have to tell everybody that you didn't get the promotion. It's okay to be private. When you're looking for something great to happen in your life, that can be a discussion between you and God. You don't have to share your triumphs with everybody, just like you don't have to share your tragedy. Because if you're not sure of who you are, then the words that they say next, next, excuse me, can cause a problem for you. But when you're not looking for validation, it doesn't matter if you share it or not. It doesn't matter if they think that what you're doing is great or what they think you're doing is a problem. You know, I can remember um, when when I left one job to go to another and I told somebody, hey, well, you know, I no longer work there. Oh, no. Why not? Oh, no. What is, what's the oh, no for? That's the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, you know, I just figured, what did you figure? I left there because I no longer wanted to be there. Oh, oh, okay. Well, well, that's, that's great. See, this will also caveat into how we're looking for misery and misery does not have to be your friend. Every time you run into an old friend and you're talking about the miserable things in your life, that's that's not the direction to go. It's okay to tell them the great things. They don't have to have great things going on in their life, but you don't have to speak from a place of of hurt, pain and misery. You also have to be aware of what you think about someone else's opinion. Now, I admit, I believe That that starts when we're children, when our parents say you have to get good grades or "You, you have to clean up your room and it has to look neat. You need my approval. That approval is great until they make it sound like when you don't do right, they're disappointed when things don't look right. You're disappointed. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Oh, I'm so disappointed in you. Whereas as a child, you begin trying to prove yourself to your parents. You don't realize the ramifications of that. When you get into school, even kindergarten, you start trying to prove yourself to your friends. You don't wanna be ashamed of not being the good kid. You don't wanna be ashamed of, of not having something that the other kids had. So you've created this atmosphere of shame Early on in your childhood, in some cases, you may have had a spouse that tried to make you feel shame, tried to make you feel um, unworthy, tried to make you understand that you have to be validated through them. And so you act accordingly. You start doing things and say, hey, look what I did. Don't you like it? Or you silently wait for their approval and appraisal. And it never comes. That's the hardest thing about shame. Shame has nothing to do with you. Shame has everything to do with how you feel other people should look at you, should view you. You know, um, after getting my master's degree, I allowed my ego, and I do mean my ego, to push me towards getting a doctorate. Now, let's be clear. I am ABD. For all of you that don't know, that is all but dissertation. And I remember talking to someone who had their doctorate way before I even applied. They said, the worst thing you could ever do is be ABD. I'm like, ABD, what is that? Somebody missed a letter in the alphabet. All but dissertation. I said all but doctorate earlier. All but dissertation. What that means is that you completed all the coursework and you did not do your dissertation for graduation. And a dissertation, honestly, is not that difficult once you've gone through the program. So a dissertation is just some, some work that you have to do and complete. I know many of friends who were in the same position way before I ever was. And I used to say, why didn't you finish? Oh, you know, I had this, I had that. I was like, oh, but when they would tell me, you could sense that there was a sense of shame. They felt like I should have finished. I was incomplete. I didn't complete my task, but the truth was, they weren't saying that for themselves. They were saying it for me. So after I got to the ABD stage, I began to question my reasoning for getting this doctorate. It was a doctorate in education and global leadership. I never planned on working in education. I've already been a leader throughout my entire career. Global. I don't know. But I started asking, why am I doing this? I have no desire to do this dissertation. And anything I put my mind to, I accomplish. That's, that's my history. And I know this. Here's what happened. I began having friends who were following my journey to my dissertation, excuse me, to my doctorate, asking questions like, hey, how's it going with your doctorate? How's everything going? Okay. Um, When when do you graduate? I don't know. Well, what do you mean? I don't know. And then I started saying, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it. (gasps) Why wouldn't you do it? Oh my goodness. You have to get it. You have to get it for all the young black boys that don't think it's possible. And for a minute, I was buying that. I was like, you know what? They're right. I need to. But then I thought about it. This is not the 1950s. I know plenty of doctors that look like me. I know plenty of guys who got their doctorate that look like me. So what was my real reasoning for wanting to get a doctorate? And I tell you, it was my ego. I wanted to be a part of the conversation for the job that I had at the time. But the truth was, it didn't bring me any joy. So I had no drive or motivation to complete it. I had a wonderful cohort. And it was, it consisted of five other people who just truly brought me joy and they were motivating and encouraging. Even had one was like, Rory, I'll help you finish. And I didn't need her help. But for a minute, I was like, well, maybe if I had her help, it would, it would motivate me. But the truth was, is I didn't care about that dissertation or that doctorate. Now, maybe if I would have gotten it in in counseling, the career field that I'm in, that might have been different, but I felt no joy. But the shame of not completing my doctorate tried to creep in until I knew it wasn't about anybody but me. I am the reason I started and I will be the reason I stop. Not finishing getting my doctorate means absolutely nothing. What, I won't be called doctor? I don't care about that. That's not what I need. See, because it goes to the next step. Learning how not to care about other people's opinion. When you become your own validation, what somebody else thinks means absolutely nothing. Well, you know, you should have gotten this for that. Whatever. Well, how do you think it's going to look on your resume? I work for myself. I don't have to work for anybody else ever again. Well, what, what about your children? They should see you graduate. My children saw me graduate twice. I think I'm good. The point that I'm making is you have to become your own validation. So if you didn't get a job that you applied for and you let everybody know you were going to a job interview, if you didn't get a promotion and you let everybody know that you were applying for a promotion if you lost a job and everybody knew where you were working and making such good money, if you didn't finish school, those people do not determine who you are. Those people do not determine how you should feel. More importantly, the circumstances do not dictate the man or the woman. The circumstances do not dictate your character. If someone cheated on you, does that mean you were a bad spouse? No. If you didn't get a job, does that mean that you were not qualified? No. I love the saying, what's for you is for you. It's for you. So whether you choose to share your your triumphs with anybody else, that's a decision that you make. But do not allow their opinion of your goals, their opinion of your hurts, of your pains, their opinion does not validate who you are or where you're going or what you're going to do. Yep, I say gonna do. So I think that when we take a step back and when we make decisions that we control, it's easier for us. It's the decisions that we don't control where we're looking for the fallout of what other people are going to say or do. Do not allow that to deter you. Do not allow that to determine who you are. You have to know that what these other people think about your life choices, your life situations, it means nothing. This is your show. You're the star. So when that other character comes in trying to tell you, well, well you know, if, if this would have happened to me, I would have done this. You got two choices. You could say, you know, thank you. I appreciate your input. Or you could say, no, no, thank you. Your input isn't needed. You know, I remember when I got divorced, people would ask, well, why did you all divorce? Because we wanted to. That's the best answer in the world. No, no, no. I mean, what happened? Who did what? What did you do, Rory? Yes, I heard that a lot. And I would tell them, I got a divorce. No, I mean, like, what was wrong in the relationship? Oh, oh, I know what you mean. It didn't work. Forget it. And then they would go and tell me their story. Well, you know, when I was married or when I was in this relationship, you know, he did this or she did that. Okay, thank you for sharing. See, because I learned I do not need validation from somebody else to feel whole. Do not feel shame for being human. Do not feel shame for having a human experience. Do not feel shame because nobody else can tell you who you are, what you are, or how you are. I definitely want to wish you the best on your promotion. I want to wish you the best on finding that job. I want to wish you the best on starting your business. I want to wish you the best in starting that new relationship. I want to wish you the best in all of your successes. I want to wish you the best in your divorce. I want to wish you the best in not getting that promotion. I want to wish you the best in not getting the job you want. I want to wish you the best at losing friendships that aren't for you. But I also want you to know that what I wish does not matter. It only matters what you wish and what you desire for you. Be your own validation. Do not allow anybody else to tell you otherwise. I may have a lot of knowledge, but I don't know what works for you. Only you do. So the next time anything wonderful happens in your life, make sure you're your biggest cheerleader. The next time something does not Make sure you are your biggest cheerleader. And for the naysayers, for the people that try to tell you how you should be living your life or how you should feel or what you should have done, remind yourself they are not you. So they wouldn't know what to do or how to do or what it should look like because they haven't had your experience. They haven't had your resilience and you are more resilient than you could imagine you have all the power, all the possibilities. And I got faith in you. Now I need you to have faith in yourself. And more importantly, I need you to love yourself unconditionally and be your own validation. Don't you forget that. Thank you, beautiful souls, for joining me today on another enlightening episode of Soulful Sessions with Rory. If this episode resonated with you, share it with someone who might benefit as we navigate the depths of introspection and explore the boundless possibilities of the human spirit. Remember that your journey is uniquely yours and every twist and turn is a sacred part of your story. Embrace the whispers of your soul and may the echoes of our conversations linger in your heart, sparking a flame of self-discovery. Until we meet again in the realm of shared wisdom, stay true to your essence, stay connected to the rhythm of your soul, and always remember that you are a masterpiece in the making, wishing you love, light, and infinite possibilities on your soulful journey. Until next time, this is Rory signing off with gratitude and reverence for the magic that resides in each and every one of you.